0: Paul's going to turn his other microphone off so Sorry. I can't hear it in my head. This is an Australian podcast. We talk about news and politics, sex and religion, and uh, and normally there's a panel of three of us, and normally I say there's an exception to that normal rule, but on this occasion, the normal is the normal. There's in fact three of us, so I, of course, am Trevor the iron fist. With me here in uh, the leafy western suburbs of Brisbane in my house is... Paul, the twelfth man. Greetings, earthlings! And coming to us via Skype all the way from regional Queensland is Scott, the Velvet Glove.
1: G'day, Trevor. G'day, Paul. G'day, listeners.
0: Yes, good to have you with us again, Scott. So that hopefully will yeah. all work successfully, um, dear listener. Absolutely. I'm a little bit nervous because I've come back from a holiday and I fired up my computer, which had been asleep for two and a half weeks, and it decided that it no longer wanted to do half the things that it would normally do and. Insisted on doing an update, and I've spent the last three hours trying to get my computer to work and haven't been able to do what I normally do to relax and prepare. So not sure how we're going to go, but we'll give it a go and see what happens. So we've had some interesting episodes lately where we've talked about morality, we've talked about corporate power, we've talked about the uh, historical Jesus. We haven't done much of current affairs, so we're going to go back to our roots of, (laughs) of current affairs here on this episode. And a few things have happened, and... First cab off the rank would be coronavirus. Coronavirus.
2: What do they call it? COVID-19 or something?
0: Something like that. So COVID-19
1: is the technical term for it, yeah.
0: Mm, it's hard to know what's going to happen, isn't it? It could be quite catastrophic and maybe it won't be. It, it's, and anything in between seems to be possible.
1: It looks like I it's think, going um, to
0: get worse before it gets better though, doesn't it? Mm,
1: I think the number of people that are going to get infected is going to go up quite a lot. But as to its kill rate, I don't think that they're going to kill that. I don't think it's going to kill that many people. It seems that in China, that um, now I was listening to a podcast this morning, cognitive dissonance, and they were talking about the difference in death rates in China as compared to the rest of the world, and what some of the experts are saying. Yeah, but the Chinese male generally smokes, whereas the Chinese female doesn't smoke. Okay. So that's what's killing the Chinese men is that they've got damaged lungs from their smoking and as a result that is um, not helping them out when they get a respiratory condition like this and that's what they reckon is killing them is there is the fact that they're smokers as well yeah okay um, good theory yeah it is a good theory i don't know whether it's true but it is a very good theory well, what's the
2: mortality rate in china do you know Scott?
1: I thought it was uh, hovering around the 2%. That's
0: what I thought, yeah. Mm. And the problem is we we have no idea what it is because we don't know who to trust on these issues, do we? Yeah.
1: That's exactly right because the Chinese Mm. don't tend to tell the truth about what's going on inside their borders. Yep. You know, they do tend to massage the numbers, you know, (laughs) because, you know, their GDP numbers have been massaged for years, so it wouldn't surprise me if – it wouldn't surprise me if the – numbers of people that are infected could be 160,000, you know, whereas Mm. whereas they're reporting 80,000. You Mm. don't know.
0: Mm. So it's certainly going to have a big flow on effect in business. I mean, Australia relies on a lot of Chinese tourism and Chinese students. And Mm. even if you're not directly involved in those industries, the fact that the people in those industries don't have so much money now and don't spend it means it's going to be tough. And the surplus that... Um, our illustrious leader and treasurer, have been so keen on getting. It's um, gone. Looking, <laughs> looking more and more precarious. Mm. And it's just one of those situations where y- you're not supposed to be in surplus in a situation where the economy's tanked and you've got you know problems like this brewing. You're supposed to stimulate it. That's right. So their obsession with uh, a surplus is just against all economic theory. So, But it's all about strength and and leadership. Uh, I
2: think it's all and, about the next election, you know. Yeah. Them being able to say, yeah, see, we delivered a surplus. The Labor Party only delivered deficits. Yes.
0: Yeah. So uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of people that I know, or people I know are cancelling trips and I certainly know business-wise mm-hmm. people are hesitant about things. They won't maybe do well, what they I'm, might have otherwise done.
1: I'm the first to admit I cancelled a trip to Hong Kong. Right. Right. Um, you know, I was supposed to be down in Hong Kong no, a week before last, yep. but I decided against it and, you know, I've, I'm probably a little bit disappointed in that sort of thing, but I also do honestly believe it was the right thing to do because, you know, I was probably not going to get infected or anything else, but I was worried about it. And like the better half said to me, he says, we well, are not going to enjoy it if you go over there and you're worried about
0: it. Yep. So, you know, insurance so- won't cover you. As well. But so, well, the
1: insurance didn't cover me or anything yeah. like that. You know, I got, um, I was really surprised. I got a full refund on the hotel yeah. and um, about half of the airfare back. So yeah. that was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Wheat Watcher yeah. in the chat room but says, the insurance- Sorry, Scott. Wheat Watcher in the chat room no. said 3.7% in China. As a, oh, really? He also says, when, when African swine fever became an issue last year, the Chinese government said it impacted 5 million pigs. The real number was 200 million. Let's hope hundred. Let's hope it's peaks. not the same story with uh, coronavirus. Yeah, two hundred so, million pigs. Mm, so there we go. Good one. Thank you, Wheat Watcher. So, what's, uh what's going to happen there? I think economically, it's going to have a huge impact. But it's already
2: having a huge impact on our cash-strapped universities, and apparently they're petitioning the government perhaps behind Mm. the scenes for a bit of assistance and Mm. our um, young Senator Patterson has said, no, they don't deserve any assistance. You know, we've been telling them for years they need to diversify their client base and not be so dependent on the... uh, customers from china he did and yeah. they haven't done it anything about it so he said they can
0: just yeah wear it of course morrison will say that he's been tough on the whole thing and that australia is ahead of the game and we've got you know the toughest and most rigorous regulations and we've been doing better than anybody else in the world very trumpian like in the way he'd be saying that but it seems to me that a chinese student can simply go to another country for two weeks and then enter the country one example mm. you've you've heard Uh, In the last
2: couple of days, a a young Chinese uh, university Mm -hmm. student has uh, been admitted to hospital, I think, in Brisbane, Mm -hmm. and he went to Dubai or some such place, Yes, stayed in a hotel for two weeks, then flew to Australia to get Mm -hmm. around the travel restrictions of flying direct from China. So he did the right thing.
0: Well, no, he didn't do the
2: – well – Didn't he? he? He went and stayed two weeks in a third country. That's what the did government He did what he could said. get
0: away with. So, And then that, came look,
2: to Australia and after arrival he felt unwell and tested
0: positive for yeah. COVID-19. I don't know that that's doing the right thing. Isn't I think that's working the system. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: yeah. if I'd you needed to, to travel,
2: travel to go to university mm. legitimately yes. and the government of the country – you're going to, said, go to a third country, stay for two weeks
0: before you come here. But, but did, who told who said that? The Australian government. Well, no, they didn't yes, say they do did. that. Yes, but, they but did. But people worked out that if they did it, they could get in. No, the Australian, the Australian government-,
2: government said people needed to go to a third country for two weeks prior to coming to Australia and then they would be admitted. Right.
0: It actually encourage them to do that. I believe so, oh, yes. I thought it was more of a...
2: Um, no, no, I okay. think that was right.
0: a, sort of a condition that they put on. Well, then that's ridiculous because two weeks would be cutting it very fine for any incubation period. I would have so thought so too. It's turning out yeah. now that it's not long enough. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. but that's But that's fine. what they advise people right. to do. So, yep. What
1: is the incubation period for COVID-19?
0: Well, now, been some cases, it seem to be longer than two weeks. It seems to be more like yeah. three right. weeks. Yeah, so anyway... Okay, so let's uh, coronavirus. See what happens with that one. Um, Bettina Art. We've discussed her in the past. You have. So, in her early career, she was a sort of a, a sexologist. She, used, she was. So, yeah. yeah. Get she... on and get good airtime with talking about how often people had sex, mm-hmm. particularly the elderly, and that sort of thing. And she then has moved into men's rights, and mm-hmm. we talked about her. In relation to university students at one point, probably go back about a year and a half, two years. Uh,
2: All about the so-called campus rape crisis. Yes. Or rape
0: epidemic or whatever they call it. Indeed. And she said, hang on a minute, let's just look at these statistics. And what they were doing as part of it was they were counting your bus trip to and from university Mm. as part of your university experience. And if you were... And they were uh, counting.
2: If, oh, some guy looked at me, and I didn't like it yes. as sexual harassment.
0: Yes. So a lewd look, um, even a the, look on the bus to university was considered an on-campus it, assault. It wouldn't have
2: to be a lewd look; yeah. it would just be a look that the receiver didn't care for. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so at the time, I can remember uh, we were fairly, you know, um, what would you say? abuse, yeah, yeah, and okay with Bettina, gave her a good run. Uh, she's been in the firing line because she got an Order of Australia um, award. Mm. And we had that terrible incident in Brisbane where mm. that man poured petrol over his family in the car mm. and set them all alight. And one of the police officers afterwards sort of said things along the lines of, well, we don't want to jump to any conclusions. We need to see what's going on here. Maybe he was driven too far or something like that. To that yeah, yeah, to that effect. He wasn't just a police officer. He was the police officer in charge of the investigation. Indeed. And I'm going to quote exactly what Bettina Arndt said here in her tweet, I think it was. Uh, quote, Congratulations to the Queensland Police for keeping an open mind and awaiting proper evidence, including the possibility that Rowan Baxter might have been, quote, driven too far, end quote. But note the misplaced outrage. How dare police deviate from the feminist script of seeking excuses? Dot, dot, dot. So that's what she said. That's pretty bad. I don't think it's that terrible, to be honest.
2: Um she didn't I thought it was blame the victim. She, said. she didn't blame the victim. And people can be driven too far, not necessarily by the victim of their violence, but by circumstances. You know what I mean? Maybe he was suffering uh, some kind of mental disturbance. How will it, it, we ever know?
0: It suggests that circumstances could be such that you could be almost justified in doing.
2: I don't think that it says it's it's, just let's stop
0: let's wait and see was this man driven too far seems to me to say it may not be his fault he may have been forced to do this by people or circumstances i
2: don't think forced to do it is or
0: it? he might have been led to do this it it seemed to me no. to paint a picture that there might be some acceptable mm-hmm.
2: reasons
0: no, why no no
2: you're reading too much into I, it am i yeah
0: absolutely I don't think so. I, no,
2: I, driven too far does not lend justification to the violence. It's just saying he may have been uh, driven beyond his own capacity to control himself, which so, is not a okay. justification Other for than violence.
0: insanity, yeah. what, what could it possibly mean? <sighs> I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. I, I think the only thing that you're suggesting is that the police... Officer and Bettina Arndt may have been suggesting that he was driven insane. He was insane, something like that. Yep. Yeah, but that's when you say it's possible he was insane. Who this, in their right mind was this, would this, this pour driven too, petrol over their own family? This driven too far thing seems to seems to me to suggest that he's not uh, It lessens his guilt. Not through insanity but through the actions of others No, 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 no. But because other people have driven him.
2: It's not a lessening his guilt for the atrocious crime that he mm. committed. It's just saying let's try to understand why this happened. You know, that's the way I interpret it. Mm. She and the police were because it, it came out in the media in one of the reports I read that the police were hoping that some male friend of his or friends of his who not necessarily sympathised with what he did, but were close enough to him that he may have shared some of his deep, dark thoughts with them. And that's the sort of information the police need to help put together a, a, a complete picture of his motivations and his actions.
0: Scott, help me out here. You there, Scott? I think they were just well, keeping think, it an open mind. Well,
1: that you've... Yeah, okay, they've got to keep an open mind, but... I thought that Bettina aunt went too far with what she said. Okay. Now, by saying congratulations to the police for keeping an open mind mm. in that this bloke could have been pushed too far, that was really opening up a whole can of worms that didn't need to be opened up. Really? And as a result, I think she just went too far. You know, it's... A hell of a mess that she's found herself in.
2: I hope you're not and, pushing me too far
0: right
1: now. <laughs> no, you can. I'll push you as far as I want, mate. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just
0: Dr- I driven too far sorry, to me Trent? doesn't doesn't sound like he might have gone insane. You know, but the, the different things. One is is shifting the blame to other people. It seems to me. No, I don't agree. Okay.
2: Circumstances, you know, life can be. A high pressure thing for for people. Yeah. Now I'm. I i do not think she was trying to justify the violence at all. I don't think the police were trying to justify the violence at all. They were just trying to keep an an you know an open open signals to anyone anyone in the public who might be able to give them any information at all. I think is what
0: the police should do. I think the danger of this is it was sending a signal that. In certain circumstances, there might be some justifications. You've been reading the Feminist Handbook, haven't you? No. no. I, <laughs> Alison in the, in the chat room agrees with me. But let's move on to the next part, part of this, Scott, is yeah, okay. should she have the Order of Australia? Should it be removed? Should, oh, should, look, so, should the award be taken away? I don't
1: like taking awards of people. God. However, I don't think she should have been awarded it in the first place because – she is a writer that has said some controversial stuff in the past, and courting controversy shouldn't be oh. a thing that you get an Australia Day Award for. Oh,
2: come on, Scott, don't be so. That, that
0: means we'll never
2: get one. Don't Scott. Don't be so vanilla Absolutely. about it. We're never
1: going to get one. Then that's fine because I don't. I don't want one. So
2: you know. Oh come on! Surely no, people it, with a little bit of
0: you've got to be able to say a little bit
2: of vim and a little you know who who are not just always you know modifying what they say or do because it might be considered offensive by somebody, you know, for goodness sake, do we want a totally vanilla world?
0: I Mm. don't. Mm. I'm with you on this one, 12 man. (laughs) Thanks. So, um, but uh, what what does the law say on this? So there is an act, um, an ordinance, which can be cited as the Terminations and Cancellations Ordinance, which talks about when the Governor-General may remove somebody's um, award and it's got a couple of subsections which deal with somebody committing an offence basically and I think that would be fair enough that if somebody after receiving an award... Mm, a serious is, criminal offence. Yeah, so a Rolf Harris, for example, exactly. would be a classic example yep. where whatever award he might have received yeah. or even the naming of some um, significant... um you know, if there was a theatre named the Rolf Harris Theatre or something, I think you think you should, in that situation, um, remove the name from it. What about the Captain Cook Theatre? <laughs> right. Well, <it> let's <laughs> just deal with modern-day people. But in terms of, you know, seriously, would anyone want to go to the Rolf Harris Theatre? I, I, I would say no.
2: It wouldn't uh, stop uh, me going to the theatre if there was something I really wanted to see there, it, I have it, to say.
0: Yeah, but... Would you be okay with the fear being... You're okay with him uh, yeah. losing an award? And uh, yeah, yeah. And are you okay with, case, with a significant... In his case, yeah. I don't because have a problem. Because that's a very serious offence. His, his offences were pretty I'm with you there. disgraceful, yeah. yeah. So um, the other reason why it could be removed, um, let me just scroll down to the relevant part here... Um, Uh, The Governor-General may terminate an appointment or cancel an award if, in the opinion of the Governor-General, the holder of the appointment or award has behaved or acted in a manner that has brought disrepute disrepute on the order. Well,
1: I don't think she's actually done anything that brings disrepute on the order. No, I don't think... But... No, I don't think she has. Hmm. But, you know, she is a controversial person. So, I don't know. I just think that... um, Hmm the award would have been better off if it had never been bestowed on her because mm-hmm. I think that um, she would have, but, would have been less li- – But is sorry, anyone
2: but, is anyone at all who's ever received an award, do, do any of them have a perfect 100% of course not. record? No, of nobody. course not. Not if they're worthy ah, of the nobody award. Nobody does. You know, nobody's We're all ashamed. human. Yes. We all have flaws and we all make mistakes in life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't award it to anyone if, if that was your, you know, your criteria. Yeah. I'm with you on that one.
0: Um, man. Okay. So if anyone disagrees, uh, let us know in the chat room. Um, the Religious Discrimination Bill. So there's been um, some good media mm. by the secular world. Yes, yeah, some good pushback. Yeah. Yep. Finally, the various groups, the rationalists, the atheists and the humanists and other groups have all managed to get together and chip in a bit and produce a bit of a campaign mm. and Michael Kirby was... Uh, as part of that, and they spend a bit of money on some lobbyists or PR people, and good on them. Excellent Absolutely. result. Yep. So we've got some... And he has a lot of credibility too. Yes, yeah. So
1: He's got a hell of a lot of
0: credibility. Yeah. Um, I liked that the campaign, uh, it was initially going to be something like don't discriminate against us or something like that, but they changed it to don't divide us. Mm. I thought that was a really good... Um, Pithy way of saying it. Mm. Yep, and they came out with ten reasons or ten sort of scenarios as as part of their thing as to why the the evils of this of this bill. Mm-hmm. And did you look at the ten at all? I, I did. Yep. I don't have them. Yeah, I've front got them, them in front of me, but uh, um, I did look at them. Yeah, I thought. I'm worried about the emphasis and the order of them. You would have thought if you're going to list out 10 sort of criticisms of the bill, do you think you'd put your biggest and most ugliest criticisms at the beginning and sort of peter away towards the end? Is it normally? No,
1: I'd, I'd build up to the crescendo myself. Really? really? People may
0: not get to the 10th one. The main
2: ones at the front, wouldn't if, you? Yeah,
0: if they're dodgy sort of... Not so important yeah. things at the beginning. People, people will would, turn off. And people they read won't the two, first two or three, the and they go, "Well, if that's the worst that they've got, I'm not going to." Uh, yeah. Well, okay.
1: maybe I'm just judging, judging people too kindly, but mm. I would have thought that anyone would be interested in that, but that's apparently one of,
0: not. One of your faults, Scott, you yeah. judge Absolutely. people too yeah. kindly. Mm. So yeah, I know that. <laughs> so anyway, um, number one reason. A pharmacist could refuse to provide birth control to an unmarried woman, leaving her at risk and feeling isolated and demeaned. Um, It's up there. Mm -hmm. It's it's up there. Number two, a church-run early learning centre could refuse to accept children whose parents don't attend church. Okay. If it's
2: the only one available in your neighbourhood, that might be an issue.
0: Number three, uh, a doctor could refuse to treat a person with a disability seeking stem cell treatment mm. like that's a fairly um obscure sort of situation a person with a disability seeking stem cell treatment it's a as bit your, obscure, third, if your third if you said and you're trying to rile people up as to mm. um things that might affect them that yeah, just, people say stem cell yeah treatment. um Number four, a Christian worker could be ridiculed by his boss in front of colleagues and have no recourse if the boss was making a statement of religious belief. Mm. That, to me, has to be down the bottom. I don't think your average Australian is going to get too concerned about the whole sort of insulting words thing. I think your average Australian is going to go, harden up, free (laughs) speech... Yeah. Not too worried about insulting language. Mm. Um, an elderly same-sex couple, this is number five, could be confronted in their nursing home with posters saying, being gay is a sin. And not only
2: confronted with the poster, <sighs> they could be prevented from having a full, fulsome relationship. It would seem. but And I believe it already
0: happens to yeah. some degree. So, you know... That one of a poster being up and saying being gay is a sin is, is your fifth best. Here's number six, which I would have put at number one. Okay. A religious school could refuse to hire a gardener, accountant or tug shop manager unless they produce a reference from the local religious organisations as evidence of their faith.
2: Hmm. That's uh, a big one, I think. Yeah,
0: or you say a religious school or a nursing home or or the like. I think the employment one is the big one. And I think if you get sort of caught up in this nasty, mm. insulting language that might be said, yeah. your average Australian isn't going to. Because we already have laws that prevent employment discrimination on a number
2: of bases, and yet they want to you know, now allow people, mm. now allow employers to discriminate against people because they
0: don't share the same religious views. Yeah. Number seven, a woman working for a boss who says her divorce was a sin because women should submit to their husbands would have no avenue of complaint. Again, it's another verbal thing. Um, a person with a mental illness who was bullied at work would have no recourse if the bullies were making statements of religious belief. Rideshare drivers could refuse to carry passengers carrying a ham they wanted a <laughs> Christmas raffle, <laughs> and medical centres might be pressured to announce denial of care to people wanting advice on contraception or vasectomies mm. because of the religious views of the doctors. That's number ten. That should Pump that a big up one. to number one or two. Yeah. Along with the employment one.
2: Any medical services should be absolutely free of discrimination, shouldn't they? Yeah.
0: So I don't like to um, uh, poo-poo the 10, but I would just implore the people who might be speaking at any time, don't concentrate on the, they might say nasty things about me scenarios and stick to employment and access to services as the thing where Australians are going to go, that's not fair. This
2: kind of a fenced thinking has even mm. infected um, the good uh, senator in the uh, Liberal Party.
0: What's her name? Uh, Febriati Wells? Yes. Is, Is it right? <laughs> She's also medication she's taken a, again. So she said offense. she's not going to support the bill because it's not tough enough.
2: No, no. Well, there was some, no, there was something about uh, the.
0: Oh, the one about don't don't call us right wingers. That's
2: right. The boss of our yeah. security services saying yeah. right uh, right wingers and right wingers are, are a danger. Yeah.
0: And she was like, don't insult right-wingers or something (laughs) like
2: that. Or I think she was saying don't conflate conservatives with right-wingers or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think she makes a fair point, actually, because they're not the same thing. Yeah, we'll have to talk about right-wingers and conservatives at another time. Okay. Now, remember – now, dear listener, I've just come back from Kangaroo Island, Mm. so – couldn't get to half of it because still um, all the walking tracks or whatever are burnt out and you can't access mm-hmm. them. So we just spent time looking at other things and there's still wideries and chocolate shops and all the rest of it. So, okay. um, But now I think it was on Kangaroo Island. Do you remember Paul Parker, the guy who was the volunteer? No, he wasn't Kangaroo Island. He was um, rural Victoria. But he was the guy. I'll play a clip. This is how he became famous. This was Paul Parker. You from the media, tell the Prime Minister to go and get from <laughs> Nelligan. Yep, so he leaned out of his truck and said that to the media. He um, was a bit rude, wasn't he? <laughs> anybody have any problems with, with Paul saying that? With Paul, <laughs> no. Paul Parker? No. Yeah. So, no. um, but Paul Parker has turned out to be a milkshake duck.
2: Are you aware Refresh of this? Refresh our memory
0: really? of yeah. what that means. So you, again. Uh,
1: let's see. Person that's, I can't remember. Go
0: on. So milkshake duck is the term used for somebody who at first when they hit the media, everybody says, what a great person, Mm. and then they find out something about them in their backstory which uh, indicates Changes their minds. Yes. So milkshake duck, what a lovely duck that drinks milkshake. He said, milkshake duck is a racist, and that's how (laughs) it sort of came about, uh, Mind Australian. I'll give you the milkshake duck moment for Paul Parker. Here it is. Okay. There's only one person that cares about this country, and that's Pauline Hanson. Come and see us in Nellig and Pauline. Mate, you're on rule. You, you care about the country. The rest of them don't. Wow. Yeah. How, to be, how, to, how to be a milkshake duck by Paul Parker. Yeah. There we go. Yeah.
1: You know, every morning I walk down to the gym and I go past this illuminated sign that lights up and changes with the ads and all that sort of stuff. And Pauline's always got her face up there. But right now, she's advertising the um, family law inquiry that she's the deputy chair of.
0: Yep.
1: And I just think to myself, you know, I know aunt's aunt's gone one way, but sweetheart, you are on the other side of the direction, you know, with that. You know, sorry, she's... um, Bettina Arts moved into the um, men's rights thing, mm. but she has taken the whole men's right thing way too far.
0: Mm. It's interesting with men's rights. I was, of course, many years ago in a uh, lawyer, and we had uh, people involved in family law. I didn't do it too much, but one of the guys I had working for me was doing family law, and he was um, connected with some men's rights group and uh, in family law issues, mm-hmm. and... He said that the people who ran the group were, in fact, the second wives or partners of these guys because they were so angry at what their menfolk were um, experiencing in terms of their first wife. So, the men's rights group, um, a lot of them were run, in fact, by women. By second wives. Yes, who were the second partners of men who were in the family court system.
2: Husbands as being terribly wronged by their first wives. Indeed, ah, yeah, and of course, women
0: are much well are often much better organisers and and mm. and so yeah, so that was the case then, well, and and it's well, we just talked about Pauline Hanson and Bettina Arndt in terms of men's rights. Mm. Um, once again, it's females who are sort of running the men's rights movement. Mm. At yeah, stage. but
2: look, t- Bettina Arndt is a, an intelligent person. Yes. I don't think I could say the same about Pauline, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I would have said the same about Bettina. It's driven too far. I mean, if you think somebody's insane, say, you've got to remember this guy could be insane. Yeah. But driven too far doesn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, there was some headline, a headline from the Shovel, actually, which said, uh, Bettina Arndt gives back Order of Australia after realising she is denying a more deserving man. <laughs> <laughs> And coalition unwilling to address coronavirus until it knows exactly how much it will cost. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, what else is happening? Uh, Julian Assange is having his trial in the UK and he is being screwed over it really something is. terrible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's dire. It's, it's unbelievable really. that the home of of our legal system. Mm. The greatest export of the UK mm. has been its legal system. Yes. It's common law. And yeah. the way he's been done over mm. is unbelievable. So dear listener, he's been held in a maximum security prison. Very difficult for his legal advisors to talk to him. Um even when going they... to even going to court, he was um, Transferred into multiple different cells, uh, strip searched. Uh, he's in a dock where he can hardly hear what's going on. They confiscate his private legal papers, and the the I think it's a magistrate at this lower level who's deciding this this application. Her husband was uh, part of a company that was exposed by WikiLeaks in a detrimental way, and she has not. Uh, resigned, recused yeah, recused herself from the mm-hmm. position, and uh, there are U.S. sort of entities in the back of the courtroom advising the prosecutors on what they should be doing. It's appalling what's going on there. He's committed, he's accused of committing treason <laughs> against the USA. He's not a U.S. citizen, and he wasn't. And, and he what was, he was,
2: he wasn't in the USA. Indeed, yeah, it's that's where I have mm-hmm. a problem. Is the U.S. saying that they're yeah their law
0: is apply- is applicable everywhere on earth yeah. to everybody mm. you know that's no i'm yeah. sorry that's so there right. is a parliamentary group the friends of julian Assange, and two parliamentarians went over there and we've said a lot yes, of bad things an about an interesting
2: couple too weren't yes, they yes
0: we've said a lot of bad things about george christensen Booth. over the years yes. but um the and I think Barnaby Joyce might have been the other one or certainly no. Barnaby's sympathetic. No, it no
1: wasn't. It wasn't Barnaby Joyce was sympathetic to yeah. him, but the other one that went it over was, the was the that Senator Tasmanian Tasmania. independent. Yes. Right. That okay. no, Tasmanian independent, what's his name? Is he independent member for Yes. Uh, Wilkie, isn't
2: it?
0: Is it Wilkie? Could Wilk? be. No. Yeah. I think it could be. Is it? Any anyway, they at least have some respect for Australian sovereignty and are saying this is an Australian citizen, hands off. And yes. so at least something positive to say about Isn't George it Christensen. Isn't surprising
2: that George Christensen is going to his defence?
0: You, you don't know, think so? It's not surprising that certain elements of the conservative right who value sovereignty yeah. and... Freedom of speech. Yes, although they're not really doing it as a freedom of speech issue, I don't think. It's more I'm about sure. sovereignty and saying is this yeah. is an Australian citizen. Yeah. Um, anyway, at least that's something positive the first positive thing this podcast has ever said about George Christensen anyway. Mm. So, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, It's impossible to keep up with the amount of money that the Morrison government has spent on swimming pools and community (sighs) uh, infrastructure that has been either A, directed at its – it, and it has come
2: out in the last few days that the the changed list of who would get money mm. actually left the re- the relevant minister's office after Morrison had basically said government stops now because they'd yeah. uh, gone to the governor general yeah. to ask for an he'd, election. He'd
0: called an election. Yeah, and, and they're not they're, supposed to do any yeah. governmental business
1: after supposed that. Supposed to be
0: are they? in caretaker mode. Exactly at that point. Yeah. His hands are all over it. I
1: think so. Um, absolutely so, are. His yeah. fingerprints are all over this whole bloody thing. It's a hell of a mess and it's entirely his fault. It really wouldn't surprise me if he was sitting down there with a fluoride pen colouring in those electorates himself. Yeah,
0: yeah, would he definitely would have looked at the list and said yes to that and no to that. And, oh, absolutely. And and, that, and then separate to that was a sort of regional... Money that was supposed to be used on regional infrastructure some sort. And they ended up using it on a pool on North Sydney that's
2: right beside the Harbour Bridge. The old North Sydney Olympic pool.
0: When I first saw that headline and the pictures, I thought it was an Onion-type article. I thought it was the patooter advocate or or, (laughs) or the shovel or something. I thought it was some satirical article. Like, you can't be serious. They they, they could not have done that in... They've out-patuta advocated they the patuta advocate. This is the problem with satire now is like the, these guys are doing openly what would normally be unthinkable mm. and they will just blandly say, oh, well, regional people visit that pool, so it's, it's got the regional uh, content <laughs> there. So.
2: And with no apparent embarrassment at all, they say <laughs> things like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, just and they just think if they say it with a straight face and a smirk, they'll get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just back to George Christensen, um, Martin in the, um, in the chat room has a theory about why he went to London to support Julian Assange and he said here, George Christensen is just going for the Bangkok layover. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was more into the
2: Manila layover. Yeah, yeah. But good, That's good, be.
0: Martin. Thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, as part of all this, there's like a Senate. Well, there was some sort of inquiry and uh, Erica Betts was there sort of interviewing some of the um, people involved in it and he said, well, it's true, isn't it, that no, um, no, no application was approved that was ineligible and the guy said, well, in fact, 45% 45% of them were ineligible. And the look on his face is just fantastic. Um, if I'll, It'll be in the show notes, but he's just got this look on his face like, huh, what? <laughs> and then they basically explained, well, a number of these people had started work on the facilities when they weren't entitled to and mm-hmm. various other reasons that made them completely ineligible.
2: There was one that was in the Prime Minister's electorate where the the original application wasn't approved, so they went mm. ahead and built it anyway yes. and then after it was completed, yes. the prime minister's office or the sports minister's office then gave them some money for it yes, yep whereas that was a that was out, that rendered it ineligible didn't it if the
0: work had already been completed mm.
2: they were ineligible correct and they still yeah. got the money yeah
0: yep. you can't even start these things. Um, so you, you have to wait until you've got some money and mm. then start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, I think we mentioned last time we were talking current affairs about the the rule about some men who were going to be deported as being aliens oh, yes. and they identified as being Indigenous. Indeed they did. And the High Court said, well, you weren't born in Australia but, but you identify as Australia, as a, as, indigenous. as indigenous and by like a four to three split decision the court said that means that the the powers that uh, the federal government has under the Constitution under the Don't aliens apply. aliens power do not apply. They do
2: not apply. The federal government's law does not apply to people if they say, hey, I'm Indigenous.
1: Yes. What's that about? And
0: they've got to get some people to say.
1: These guys weren't even born in Australia.
2: Not born
0: in Australia, One was
2: born in Papua New Guinea and the other in New Zealand, I believe. Yes.
0: Yeah. So now, of course, we're going to have a host of people who were born overseas but who are now claiming... Indigenous identity and saying we well, can't kick me out, and um, one of those, Dustin Martin, is a footballer in the AFL, a very good player, and his father um, uh, has applied because his father's a Kiwi and mm. was being deported for. Uh, so he's, a, he's now applied to become Indigenous. Hasn't indeed, it? yes, and we've now got people like Michael Mansell saying, "Well, this guy's not Indigenous," so. We are going to get into this terrible situation of Indigenous communities bickering and saying, well, this person's not Indigenous, that person is, this person isn't, that person is. As if, as if it should make any difference. Exactly. It's such a racist policy. It's totally racist. Yeah. Years ago, dear listener, oh, it would have been in the first or second year of the podcast, Scott, we talked about um, Indian reservations in America that were making significant money from gambling. Gambling and Mm. the money would be divided amongst tribe members, and but the tribe elders would decide who was a tribe member and who wasn't, and they ruled one lady ineligible as a tribe member, even though her credentials looked good, and she was the last remaining person who could actually speak the language.
2: Oh, no, really? Yes. (laughs) And And they they said,
0: said, no, she's not one of us. Correct. And that decision... Could not be appealed to any court of the land in the US. That it was it was separate to uh, the US normal court system. So that was it. She was thrown off the reservation. Wow. As the only yeah. remaining person who could actually speak the language and seemingly had all you know the normal sort mm. of bloodlines going, but you get these, um, you know, rivalries and maybe she learnt it at a language school. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, what disaster we're heading to with... um, It's uh, it's strange. You know, I could
1: actually see a, you know, call me cynical if you like, but I could see a position where you could have, you know, someone that arrives on a plane as a a refugee, Mm -hmm. but he's got plenty of money. So, he goes and he, he bribes a local tribesman, to support his claim to indigeneity, mm. you know? Yeah. Or even,
0: you know, you just might get somebody who who quite honestly, through circumstances of life, ends up out back, ends up living with an Aboriginal community, ends up, as a result, gaining rights that they would not have got otherwise. It's just... It, it's just... It should be obvious that that's an inherently bad way of of framing laws. Absolutely. Uh, so,
1: one would have thought so.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't read the article, but I just saw the headline. Stan Grant. Did you read it? Twelve oh, men.
2: I read it. I was appalled. I thought right. Stan Grant was a a man who was against racism, and here oh. he is. He's he's going straight back into that line that. History is everything, you know. Your, your your ancestry is everything, you know. Yes. And he's he's starting to repeat the standard activist dogma. Mm.
0: You know, it's so disappointing. Mm. I, I'm not sure if it was the headline or within the article, but it was basically a line of like, "We were here first. That's right. And it matters." Yes. I know. Yes. It's. it's I mean, if he's we were been, to say that to. Uh, you know, Vietnamese families have arrived by boat, uh, we'd be looked down on.
2: But we would be called yeah, rightly xenophobic. So. Rightly so. But yeah. it's not xenophobia when it applies to the Indigenous people. Yeah. Or yep. people like Stan Grant.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, it's appalling. It's it's racism. And, uh, of course, they they'll say, no, it isn't racism. We were here first. It matters, you know. Mm. I mean, it's just... And and so what you know I mean how long people have been here what does it matter do we do we sort of shape our contemporary society going into into the future according to what happened fifty thousand or seventy thousand or whatever mm. number of thousand years ago I mean what's the relevance
0: We have to have a starting point of treating people equally. Don't That's we? the whole Martin Luther King thing. Exactly, is to treat people equally. Exactly. Um, despite their differences, and despite not, not to treat their them differently because or, of their differences, exactly. Yep. I mean, you know, the, the the
2: white Americans, so-called white Americans, could say, "Well, we were here first, mm. so therefore we have greater rights than the descendants of African slaves yes. who were brought later." Yes, couldn't they? Yes,
0: yes. I mean, they would ridiculous. say, "Well, it's no fault of ours; we were brought here." Well, what about a white convict who was brought here? Like, exactly, yeah. We've said it's it a thousand really times, haven't we? It's It's so and regressive. I cannot,
1: believe that, I cannot believe that those intelligent men and women, I think there are on the high court, could sit there and make such a decision like that oh. when they could ignore the fact that these people weren't even born in the country.
0: Mm. Yeah, we haven't played it for a while, but uh, we'll play a bit of Morgan Freeman. Not in our intro, but the... Morgan Freeman. So oh, I'll play a little bit Freem- yeah. Black History Month, you find? Ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you oh. do with yours? <laughs> <laughs> what, which month is White History Month? <laughs> no, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month
2: ju- is Jewish History Month? No, there isn't
0: one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No, I I, I don't either. I don't want a black history (laughs) month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism and... Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah.
2: And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike
0: Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. Pretty good.
2: It's so good. simple and so right. You mm,
0: know. Yeah, uh, we're getting to the end of my run of uh, topics here, but um, in the US, they've just had Super Tuesday. They have, and we how need had to talk Bernie about how
1: Bernie Sanders go quite
0: I've,
2: well. He won California, which is the biggest state, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of
0: yeah, I, I thought delegates. the way it was shaping up, he would end up with the most delegates. I think from he this. still
2: has more delegates than Biden, but yeah. Biden is catching up. Yeah.
0: Um, it's a well, Biden's facet-
1: catching up because all the other moderates have dropped out. So it's left it's yeah. left Biden being the only moderate on the ticket. Yeah. So Biden will probably you can uh, I can envisage a situation where the majority where Biden will pick up the majority of candidates going forward, but it's quite possible that Buttigieg and all the rest of them didn't get out of Biden's way early enough. Or perhaps Biden should have got out of the way for one of the younger men. I don't know. But it's... Um, Wouldn't you think? Well, <laughs> he's, he's 77 years old, the better half was telling me tonight, which is very old. You know, How old he'll is be, Bernie? Well, Bernie's... 70
0: We did something? this last time At we podcast he was quite yeah, old, yeah. yeah. But
2: yeah. look, age aside, uh, it looks like it's going to be a two-horse race because Warren hasn't picked up any
0: delegates, I don't think. No, it doesn't no. look like it's going to come down to it's, Biden and Sanders.
1: Yeah. So it, it will depend on who Elizabeth Warren ends up being the running mate for, I would have thought. I would have thought that she's in the position to become the – vice president of whoever ends up winning the nomination.
0: Here's the danger. If Biden is the nominee, I've been listening a lot to Michael Moore's podcast. I recommend it to you, dear Uh, listener, uh, the Rumble by Michael Moore. Really good. And he's a very, very pro-Bernie supporter. But he does come out with good facts and statistics. Yeah. But he was saying, for example, with Buttigieg that uh, when they polled Buttigieg's supporters and asked, well, who's your second preference? the person who topped the list was Bernie Sanders. That really? Mm. That is and it's very interesting. And, like, Michael Moore picked the Trump victory. He's one of the few people who did it, and he was probably the loudest to say it's going to happen. Yeah. And he's out on the ground at all these campaigns, and he's there when they're doing their caucusing and the primaries, and he's in amongst all the people, and he's he's... Signing autographs. <laughs> he's feeling confident about a Bernie Sanders victory. Oh, is he really? Yes, and he's saying that um, that on the ground, okay, the majority of Americans do not have five hundred dollars emergency money that they can access. Mm. The majority of Americans could not gather together five hundred dollars. They'd have to beg, borrow, or steal to to get it. Um, and oh, there was another statistic he came out with. Um, just on the ground, there's a lot of, oh, uh, huge numbers of people now when they're asked, what do you feel most comfortable with, uh, socialism or capitalism? Huge numbers are saying socialism. Okay. As a scare tactic about Bernie Sanders. It's not working. So mm. his theory, he's very confident that if, when you're looking at the polls, um, uh, if you look at the polls, the people who voted for Trump, who didn't, who previously might have voted for Obama, who swapped, were the Rust Belt, the people who felt disenfranchised, who'd been left behind, and who wanted to put a bomb under the establishment or something. And Biden is just establishment. He is Mister Establishment. Those people, Absolutely is are not going to say, "Oh, well, instead of voting for Trump, I'm now going to vote for Biden." But they will vote for Bernie Sanders mm. because they can see that he is a bomb.
2: Yeah, um, he's an
0: agent of change, exactly. Mm. And there's enough people and uh, who who need change, mm. and so. Um, and Sanders is a much more
2: inspiring speaker than Biden, too. I think, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, he's got
0: a, he's got a powerful
2: message of mm, change, whereas Biden mm. is just like. Oh, trust me and, yeah. you know,
0: we'll yep. work things out. Yep. I'll flash my smile and, yeah. you know, I'm just, trust me. I used to be with Obama, so yeah. I'm kind of, yeah. So um, Michael Moore's pretty much convinced that if anyone other than Sanders or Warren wins the nomination, then Trump will win the election oh. and that they need to have somebody that the Rust voters can say this person will the Rust Belt voters, the people, and just average, those 50, Mm. those at least 50% of Americans who don't have $500 Mm. that they can access Mm. um, are are ready for it. I do so. You're, you're, You're dubious, Scott?
1: I don't disagree with that, but I do know that Americans, well, the Americans I speak to are very suspicious of anyone that calls themselves a socialist. Now, these people, they don't have a hell of a lot of money. They've got, you know, they're they're average sort of middle-class people and they do have more money than your average person in the States, mm. but they still have to work. And I just think to myself, you know, there's one person over there I know that um, I was walking around over through the streets of Chicago when I was last over there. And it was when Bernie was getting ready to – it was during the primary season the last time around, so that would have been 2015, I think, was when I was over there. And um, this guy asked me, he says, you know, would you like some information on Bernie Sanders? And I said, look, I'm not a citizen, mate, but all the best. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she said, oh, do you know who Bernie Sanders is? I said, yeah, I know he's a socialist. She said, yeah, he's a socialist. And she was sort of looking daggers at this kid who was just out there canvassing for Bernie Sanders. And that really surprised me. So we got into a conversation about universal health care. And I said, "It's one of those things that rattles the humans, the, the Australian mind, is how you guys can be so opposed to universal healthcare." Mm. Mm. You know, and I explained to her how Medicare for All works in Australia, and she said, "What? Even if you don't work?" I said, "Yeah, you get you get access to hospitals," and mm. she was stunned by that.
0: Yeah, and that and that was your that friend, really right?
1: Hmm. He was a friend of mine, yeah. That really surprised me, but um. You know, I was listening to John Oliver last week, and he had a very good expose on universal healthcare. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, in the NHS, yes, you do sometimes wait for knee replacements and hip replacements and all that sort of thing. As the pain gets worse, you get moved up the waiting list. Mm -hmm. But he said the difference (laughs) is no one goes broke in the UK over medical bills. In the US... Fifty nine percent of bankruptcies can be linked back to medical expenses.
0: Yep. You yep.
1: know now that's incredible. Yep. And that is one of the things. Like people see, you know, it, it's just they're going to have to take a very long, hard look at their whole system, and they're going to have to understand that this nonsense that's been fed to them by the Republicans—that you know you're going to end up with—you're going to end up with an inferior healthcare system—is garbage. They're going to have to understand that, you know, public health is not inferior. It's actually Mm. superior in many ways. Mm. But I do think that Bernie Sanders does have an uphill battle on his hand trying to convince the majority of Americans that they're better off without their insurance company because you and I, we all know, we've seen the numbers ourselves, that you are better off paying the taxes than what you have to do to pay your out-of-pockets and your healthcare insurance and blah, 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 blah. You'd be better off being taxed higher and having a national healthcare service.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you've got to look at... Uh, the Democrats have got to pick up three states, like Wisconsin and Michigan or something else. Like, they were rust Belt states and... If they want no, to pick up, if they want to pick up those states, they have to offer the people in those states um, they have to change. Offer
1: some they have to yeah. offer some some change, and I yeah. agree with that. However, if you've got a candidate like Bernie Sanders that's offering the sort of change that Bernie wants, mm-hmm. are you going to lose Democrats in New York and California?
0: No, they're not going to vote for Trump. New, New York and California are not ah, going but to vote they for might, Trump. There's, they there's might a lot of struggling people. In every they American might, state.
1: Yeah, no, but they mightn't turn out to vote, oh, and that no. is something that could turn people off. If you've got a if it, you've got a candidate like Sanders, mm. who is out there unashamedly and unapologetically calling himself a socialist, mm. Mm. it could actually turn people off and get them to stay home. Yeah, I don't I don't know how the hell it's going to go. I hope that Trump is done for.
0: Yeah.
1: But, and I. The, you know what you were saying that Mike Moore's been saying that makes a hell of a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and according you know, to him, there
1: are a lot of people.
0: Sorry, Scott. According to him, the polls are showing that Bernie would beat Trump,
1: and that doesn't surprise me.
0: Mm.
1: It really doesn't surprise me. Like, I don't think that I don't think that Biden is the man for the job. Mm.
0: But what, what know, we, what, I, I just yeah. think what we're going to see though is the Democratic Party machine come into play here because they hate Bernie Sanders mm. with a passion. Mm. They they Absolutely possibly they would prefer Trump. The, the very wealthy elite um, within the Democrat Party who have received tax cuts and whatever, they might almost prefer Trump to, to Bernie Sanders. They're very anti-Bernie Sanders. So mm. um, uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch because if it gets to the convention and it's contested, so on the first round, nobody has fifty percent of the numbers. To the
2: Democratic Party, Th- then these est-
0: super delegates who are who seem to be well-connected establishment people who yes. control votes have a, a free hand as and to how they're going to they vote. They
2: the ones who swung it in favour of Hillary
0: Clinton last time. Uh, she certainly would have needed some of them. I'm not sure what happened, but
1: no, she didn't actually need anything. She did actually get. The oh, number of she? delegates she okay. needed in okay. the end. Right. However, Bernie Sanders was not prepared to concede defeat until he got his chance. In, until he got his chance in front of the uh, Democratic convention. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So that's why it happened that yeah. way.
0: But it's it's an interesting sort of ideological crossroads for the party. Yes. Many of whom hate the idea of Bernie Sanders and are working feverishly to um, plot against him in all of these primaries and caucuses and it's their nightmare for him uh to be not because he could not going to win but just they they're not you know he's just too left for them so that will be um there's a lot of
2: conservatism in both parties yeah. uh, uh, both of the major parties in America isn't it
0: yeah but also a lot of them power and money in the democratic party is big money it's and is, money. and yep and wealthy donors yep. who you know they want um, same-sex marriage and they want progressive laws on abortion etc but they certainly but don't they want don't somebody want instituting taxes. a wealth tax but, no yeah so it's a conundrum that they're facing and uh, um We'll see how that pans out.
2: That'll be very interesting. What about the uh, pairing of what if Bernie Sanders did win the nomination and Mm. then he chose a running mate? Who do you think he would choose as his running mate?
0: I think he might choose Elizabeth Warren (laughs) at this stage.
2: Despite their, you know, the friction between them during this?
0: uh... Yeah, because they're most closely aligned politically. Ideologically, that's the, what I would have thought. And they yet, were the only two lefties on that entire stage, yeah. And um, yet, she was very frosty towards yeah. Bernie, wasn't she? Yeah, actually, Scott. Uh, Buttigieg, of course, is a openly gay man mm. and very right wing, um, conservative, yes, very right wing, yes, oh. yeah. And uh, he's so, right
1: wing for a Democrat,
0: yeah. Well, uh, so. What did the line I hear was it used to be that you would have Republicans who were closet gay men, but now we've got openly gay men who are closet Republicans It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> Buttigieg. judge <laughs> It's a good way of thinking of him okay. uh, anyway, he's bowed out uh, oh, and uh, so yeah it will be fascinating to see how that pans out mm. Right. Unless, it really
1: will be very interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah,
0: and the machinations in that Democratic Party and they'll do they'll pull out all stops to make sure Bernie does not get the nomination and be very interesting to see. Mm. And he's conscious of that, of course. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. All right, gentlemen. Well, unless you had something really pressing to say. I think pressing. No? Scott? Um
1: Just that um the fears Mountain's Iranian lick, lick the shrine oh, yeah. video it goes yeah. viral amid yeah. the corona corona outbreak.
0: Yeah, you know, you better tell people uh, about it. Okay, if you haven't well, seen it.
1: There is um, a viral video going around of Iranian men licking a shrine. Um, I'm not sure who's um, licking term it the is.
2: fittings inside the shrine. Mm.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: And not only men, but they're encouraging their sons to lick the damn Correct. things as
1: well.
0: Yes, it's disgusting. Yeah. And, and they're saying, "Don't worry about coronavirus; oh. the Allah, will, yeah. protect Allah yeah. will protect you." Allah yeah. will
1: protect you. Now, I said this. I've said this numerous times before. I haven't said it just about Muslims. I've said it about Christians. I've said it about Buddhists. I've said it about everyone. The is no magical protection that is going to descend from heaven and protect you from coronavirus. What?
2: Mm. Are you sure? Yeah, mm.
1: absolutely. I'm certain of that. Mm. And I'm saying it to anyone now because, you know, you've had this situation that uh, a guy's just been sent to hospital in Logan because he's just come back from a holiday in, in um, Iran. Iran, Iran. Iran, yes. You know, it's… Do you
2: think he licked the shrine?
1: I don't know if he licked the shrine or not. I don't care. But, you know, it's – I cannot believe people are doing this sort of bullshit this, in this day and age and they're just expecting that everything's going to be fine. Well,
0: it could be worse. I mean, it could be that that the United States put someone like Mike Pence in charge of the coronavirus task force. And he course. sits
1: down there and has a prayer session <laughs> but, but about wait, it. But yeah. wait,
0: they actually did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's not yeah. from the onion either. Exactly.
1: No, exactly. This is the whole point. With conservative governments right now, you've got a situation where you could really be looking at any of the headlines from the Batuta Advocate or The Onion, and you're not. You're actually seeing real life. It's
0: really
1: quite frightening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Our state of leadership in politics has deteriorated significantly, Scott, over the four and a half years we've been doing this. It's just getting worse
1: backwards so very quickly, hasn't it? Hmm. And, you know, Clive Palmer, he's another one that's of his medication. Okay.
0: yep, be careful. He said today Be, be that, careful, um, Scott, with defamation. Oh, of course, yeah, yep. good point, yeah. Yep.
1: yeah. We might um, leave
0: Clive Palmer. <laughs>
1: not, we'll leave Clive Palmer alone, but, you know, it's just he made a comment today... Careful. ...on the news article I was reading where yep. he said that um, Malcolm Turnbull was a bitter and twisted failed leader
0: oh,
1: because yep. Malcolm Turnbull was writing something about him in his book.
0: Yep, yep. Okay. I've got David uh, David uh, says, bring back Right Wing Tony. I think I'll have to bring back Right Wing Tony because we need a discussion about um, socialism and um, because of this whole Bernie stuff. And Right Wing Tony, I was speaking to him and he said, you know, I had a difficulty because people would say to me, well, if you're so against socialism, then what about the Scandinavian countries? And he was never really sure how to respond. And then in one of the right-wing rags that he was reading, it said, well, don't worry about those Scandinavian countries because they're not really socialist anyway. But So we need a discussion of what is socialist and what isn't. But they're certainly not unfettered capitalists. So, uh, so well, Some people yeah. would claim that the United States
2: is indeed a, a form of socialism anyway because the government supplies
0: uh, benefits for a whole range of people,
2: yes. including the very rich when their
0: companies go bust. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, socialism for the uh, rich and capitalism for the poor That's the right. way it's been working out. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we'll bring back Right Minktoni at some point and talk about um, socialism and capitalism. So, right. Well, gentlemen, I'm calling that an episode. Uh, we will be back next week. Not sure what we'll talk about, but we'll find something. something. Yeah, send us some messages, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Do you want to say goodbye? Okay,
1: cheers now. (laughs) Bye, everyone.
0: Bye, everyone.
1: What's that, my love?
0: What am I doing? Well, I'm going to write some love poetry. Well, of course I'll let you read it when I'm finished. <clears throat> oh, capitalism, some say you are a prison. But to them I do not listen. Some say you have put millions in the ground. But to that I say, hmm, they were mostly brown. In you there is no gloom, as people consume and the economy booms. Profits are maximised, and to no one's surprise, those of us on top get to keep the lot. Well, Landon, there's one for the ages. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time, and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to, and maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it. Like, grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Viz Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf, on their phone, and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show, so if you... Go to our website. You'll see a link to Patreon, and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really, the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there is different levels ranging from a dollar fifty Australian to I think ten dollars, and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth? More than that, less than that, whatever you get out of it. Because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event...